everyone. Welcome to the More Children's and Youth Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be listening to Sean Baker bring a powerful presentation from More Conference 2021 that was all about growing through it. Sean was a keynote speaker at More Conference 2021. Sean is currently a chaplain at the Salvation Army's territorial headquarters in Wellington. He is also a trained sports chaplain and spent the past few years as chaplain to Cambridge Primary School. He finds this area of ministry quite rewarding and sees it as a real privilege to be able to provide pastoral support to people. He loves encouraging people in their God-given gifts and seeing them thrive, not just survive. Let's hear what Sean has to say about growing through it. Can I just say that it is a privilege to be asked to speak here uh, at 2021 More Conference. Uh, children's and youth ministry leaders, thank you for what you do. You guys are helping develop and shape the future of our army in this territory. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want to thank you guys. Um, yeah, a bit of context to that video. So I started pruning in uh, Blenheim in uh, 1999. And then three, two and a half years later, uh, my boss said, oh, did you know that there's a pruning competition? They have regionals around the country, and then those that um, get placings go on to the nationals. So he said, why not? And I said, no, um, not something I'm interested in doing. But he said there was a novice section. So if it was your first time entering competition, you could go in the novice section. And what happened in the novice section, if you came first, they sent you to the Nationals as part of the open team. And so I actually came first in the novice section. Now with the pruning competition, a bit like the shearing competition, if any of you have heard of that, uh, they, they, you get four vines across two bays to prune. Once you've done the pruning, they come in, the judges come through and they, they mark meticulously everything that you have done. They look at how clean your cuts are how sharp your instruments might be. They look at um, the spacing of the buds between the canes that you have actually left as opposed to the ones you have cut off. They look at the shape of the vine. Speed is also a factor. Everybody gets 100 points. The person who finishes first gets those 100 points. Then for every 15 seconds after that person finishes, you lose three or four points. So you can get the most beautiful looking vines and lose all 100 points because you took too long. So it's a real um, balancing act of getting quality and quantity. Um, I came third at the Nationals. I surprised myself. Um, Look, I know that we live in a culture where um, it's not a done thing to talk about your accomplishments too much. And I, I live in that culture and I get that culture, I'm with that culture. The reason I've talked about this is because there is a passage in Scripture that absolutely resonates with me. Does anyone think they know what that passage is? Yeah. I am the true vine. Have you got that up there? I'm the true, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Next slide. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Can you see how that passage resonates with me, having spent eight years living it? Now, I've brought up this bag. I just want to explain um, from I'm on this bag. Uh, I bought this bag in 1996. It's about 25 years old or whatever. In 1999, I started using it as my pruning bag. I stopped pruning in the end of 2007. And I zipped that bag up and I just put it away in the garage and it's followed me from house to house. It's pretty much as it was since I zipped it up in 2007. We'll come back to that a bit later. Can we go to the next slide, please? Um, that's what a pruner sees when they come up to a vine. To a pruner, that's mess. It's a beautiful mess, but it's mess. So you've got canes going in all directions, some are crossing sides. It's a mess. You see, our lives often get messy like this. Now, some of it's good mess, and some of it is less than desirable mess. But Jesus has painted uh, this perfect picture in our minds using the pruning of vines as a great analogy of how things work out in our own lives. And I want us to look at um, four ways in which these vines can teach us important lessons when it comes to the messiness which happens not only around us, but also often becomes part of us as well. So first thing I want to pull out is the pruning belt. This is the original one that I wore for many years. Doesn't fit. <laughs> Got it. First thing I want to talk about is the intricate mess. When I'm standing there, um, looking at a vine before it's pruned, my mind starts to process uh, the intricate details of that mess. I if you go back to the previous slide, sorry. I literally start to see parts of that vine which is beautiful. And those beautiful parts of the vine which I think are going to produce the best fruit are highlighted in my brain before I start pruning. I take a, a, a visual snapshot and a picture in my mind of what the vine will look like after I've pruned it. And this, literally as a pruner, you learn to do that in a fraction of a second. And when I have that picture in my mind, I start cutting. Now I'm looking for canes, those are canes, I'm looking for the canes that are not too thick. Canes which are, are too thick, um, when, when they try to tie them down onto the wire, um, they snap more easily. And a snapped cane is not a very fruitful one. 
The distance between the buds um, on the thick canes is generally greater, so the cane won't produce as much fruit. On the other hand, I'm looking for canes which aren't too thin as well. Thin canes don't generally have great fruit because they struggle because of how small they are. As a pruner, I'm looking for the perfect size canes to produce the yield of quality and quantity that is going to be perfect for that vine. You know, God does that with us too. He sees our mess, but I don't believe that he focuses on the things which have the potential to bring us down. I believe he focuses on the parts of the mess which are beautiful. The parts of the mess which are going to produce the best fruit And when he has all that in mind, if we allow it, he starts pruning away the rest. See what else we've got in this bag. This is again my original saw. It's had better days because it was a lot longer. This saw would have many stories to tell. If we go to the next slide, um, that, that, that vine there is maybe 80 to 100 years old. Sometimes vines get, get so big and messy, that which should have been pruned had not been pruned, and the piece on that vine just grows bigger and bigger and bigger each year until, frankly, that piece is so big that it gets in the way of everything else. And so there are times when we had to pull out our saws. We had to cut away those big pieces. It's not an easy job to cut away pieces with your saw when you're just used to pruning things really quickly like that. And I can imagine it being um, quite stressful on the vine. If you're grabbing the vine like this and you're just sawing away, I can imagine it being quite stressful. They survive, but... Holding on to that vine like that is stressful. Have you ever had those times when God wants to prune your mess, but there's that one thing that you're not willing to let go? And over time, that thing grows and grows, and before you know it, it's becoming a hindrance. And by the time you do let God prune it away, he needs to take to it with his saw, and that can hurt. If God wants to prune aspects of your life, avoid future hurt and just let him do it. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what parts of that mess are helpful and he knows what parts of your mess are unhelpful. Right, what else have we got in here? So we've got the protection goggles. So that's just to stop you getting whacked in the face by a cane. for the sun because there are not many trees in the vineyards and the vines aren't very tall and also these these are cool eh do you know what is this called yeah is it cool Matt Badger wears one is it cool (laughs) 20 years ago (laughs) I won't put that on probably doesn't fit 
I want to talk about the appealing mess. Does anyone know why, generally speaking, bunches of grapes are big and beautiful and enticing to eat? So, grapes are big and beautiful and enticing to eat because grapevines are trying to get the attention of birds. They want the birds to come down and eat the grapes. Once they've enticed the birds down to come and eat the grapes, and they eat as much as they can, the birds then fly away and they poop the seeds somewhere else. And some of those seeds fall into good ground and grow new grapevines. It's a survival technique. It's a brilliant, brilliant God-made survival technique. Once the grapes start growing, owners try all different techniques to keep the birds away. I've seen nets, I've seen loud bangs that go off every few minutes from different guns, automatic guns. I've seen scarecrows. I've seen workers chasing birds on motorbikes. I worked in one vineyard which had large speakers strategically placed around the vineyard facing in that would give out these horrible high-pitched sounds which kept the birds away, but it also kept workers away. <laughs> I had seen owners who had even trained hawks to live in their vineyards and chase the birds. But you know, when we let God prune that mess in our lives and start to leave the parts of that mess which will become most fruitful, we will see that fruit grow into something beautiful. Other people will see that fruit grow in us. Other people will want what we have and especially the types of people that you guys are working with. Those young people are looking for fruit in your lives, which they can share in and grow themselves. Right, what else have we got? There's a lot of junk and stuff in here. Right, these things are secateurs. It's got a safety. Some of you probably use them at home. Uh, they're used to trim um, the canes back. I want to talk about the regrowth mess. So that thing is called a spur. It's basically a cane cut back to two buds to encourage growth where you as the pruner want it to be. You're future-proofing the vine itself so that it doesn't get out of hand, so that it stays nice and open every year. As a part of that pruning process, God sometimes cuts back areas in our lives in a way to allow future growth. Now, let me give you an example of that. Have you got the next slide there? This is Henry Strange. Henry, he, he passed away at age 86 back in, I think, 2015 in a Blenheim rest home. I want to share a story of the only time that I came into contact with Henry and how that relates to God pruning uh, back a little bit of my life. 
Uh, so back, back when I was pruning, it was back in 2001, um, I was living in Blenheim, and I actually absolutely loved tramping. I love going on overnight tramps, um, you know, two nights, whatever. I uh, would go alone or I'd go with my, my flatmate or my brother. I love tramping. Um, but in order to tramp, there is a, a minimum gear that you need to be able to do it properly, especially if you're not staying in the huts. You need tents, you need all sorts of stuff. And so I would spend a lot of my money on this tramping gear and it would build up and, and, and over time I just kept building up. But, but when I bought this stuff, I always bought the best. So if I needed boots, it was the best. If I needed whatever, it was always the best. Uh, and what happened was um, this stuff started to get in between me and God and in my relationship with him because it was focused on just this one thing. There's nothing wrong with it, but it was coming between me and God. So I remember this one time, um, I went to the shop and I decided that I needed a rain jacket. And so I went to the, to the, to the place where you bought the best rain jackets for tramping, uh, and I saw the jacket that was the most expensive, and, and I, I, I'm, from memory, I think it was around $600 uh, for this tramping jacket. It cost more than my first car, which was a 1969 Hillman Hunter which if you're a young guy, is not good. Um, so I bought this jacket, and I went home and I was quite proud of myself. I was adding to this materialistic stuff. Went to bed that night with the jacket on the wall so I could see it. <laughs> I woke up the next day, and straight away in my head was a voice that said, you're going to give that jacket away today. And I thought, that can't be my thoughts because there's no way I want to give that jacket away. And it kept repeating in my head, you have to give that jacket away. It was a Saturday morning, I remember it clearly. You have to give this jacket away. So I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, really? <laughs> and then God gave me the picture of this man's face. He said, you are going to give your jacket to Henry today. I had no idea where Henry lived. I had no idea where Henry would be. But what I did know is that Henry pushed this cart around uh, all the time, collecting cans, and he would um, recycle them and get money and give it back to local soccer clubs. God said, grab your jacket and walk. So I did. Picked up the jacket, walked out the front door, and started walking into town. It was about six, seven minute walk. I had no idea what I was doing. I get to town. Now where, we're in Blenheim, where the town, where the town meets the CBD, there was a, a, a crossing and I get to this crossing and I look across the other side and there he is. Like he was the first person I saw when I got to town. And so I walked across the crossing and I went up to him and I said, hi Henry, everyone knew Henry. I said, God told me this morning that I'm to give you this jacket. And I gave him the jacket. He said to me, I've been needing a jacket for a while now. I walked home not regretting that at all. Not regretting that one iota. But the thing was, God chose to prune back that part of my life just to two buds and just redirect it. Because out of that, he let me, like I continued tramping, I continued, but the stuff was no longer between me and God and out of that grew uh, a real 
appreciation for what I had and a greater love for God. Sometimes God cuts back some of our mess to one or two buds, knowing that those buds are going to grow into something that he can use in the future. Right, next thing I want to look at is the loppers. So these, these are the main tool in your pruning um, season. They come in three, mainly three sizes. There's a shorter one when they've got young vines, the medium ones for, for most of the vines, and then there's uh, bigger ones when the vines are getting a bit big like that other one that we saw earlier. I want to talk about the power of the mess. There are times after the pruning is all done and the buds start bursting forth new growth and the leaves start to grow and suddenly in that whole vineyard you can see one little area like it might be just a meter long and there's no growth at all. There's nothing. And all the other canes around it are starting to grow um, and as time goes on they produce beautiful big bunches of grapes. But there's this one cane and it shows no signs of life. And then when you take a closer look at that particular cane, you find that that one cane has been broken and it's actually not attached to the main vine. In our passage in verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. See, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Just like the vine is the source of all the power in the way that vine grows and produces fruit, God is the source of all our power. Jesus is the source of all our power. Stay connected to him and that produces that growth, which is beautiful and in turn, it turns into beautiful growth. When I was at the lowest point in my life, I was on the verge of depression. About 20 years ago, I was engaged to a girl and it didn't work out. And I was so angry that it didn't work out, I spent the next 18 months blaming God for that relationship breakup. I didn't want anything to do with God. I hadn't read my Bible in 18 months. I hadn't prayed for 18 months. I didn't go to church or fellowship with people for 18 months. I started to get involved in things which I never thought that I would get involved in. I was disconnected from the source, the holy source. It was when I reconnected with God that that beautiful mess that you see before you started to grow and produce real fruit. Can I have the music team up, please? Connect to the source. The Bible and prayer strengthen that connection. Fruit in our lives is the result of that connection. Our lives can get messy. And in that messiness, there is both good and not so good, helpful and not so helpful. God looks at that mess and he sees the parts of that mess which is going to be helpful for the kingdom's sake and the parts of that mess which is going to produce the best fruit and once he sees that in us, he's ready to prune. 
We can either let him prune or we can prevent the pruning. We can either ask him to do his best or we can delay it. We can either let him prune everything that he wants to or we can limit his pruning to aspects of the mess that we want. The other thing is that um, grapevines are pruned every year. You don't just prune them once and that's it. This is a regular occurrence. I've seen grapevines that aren't pruned for years and they look terrible. If we want to see real fruit in our lives and the lives of those young people that we work with, let God be the decision maker. Let God be the pruner. Let that fruit ripen and grow. Let the young people you work with see that. I feel... I haven't been dressed like this for many years. I feel like I could go to work tonight. I'm ready to prune. God's ready to prune tonight. He is so ready to prune. He's ready to prune me. I know there's aspects of my life that need pruning right now. Maybe you're sitting there and there's something that you know God's wanted to prune for a while now, but you, have, you just haven't been able to let it go. Tonight's the night. Maybe, maybe there's something in your life that just needs pruning back to, t- to two buds. Uh, you're going in this direction. He wants to just change um, the course slightly. Tonight's the night. Maybe you don't know what God wants to prune in your life, but you're willing to say, do your best, God. I trust you. I trust that what you prune will produce fruit, fruit in prayer, Fruit and joy, fruit and love, fruit and evangelism and soul winning. That's the kind of fruit that I get excited about. God wants to prune tonight. The, the, tonight, it's open however you want. The, the, the front is open if you want. If you want someone to pray with you, someone will pray with you this evening. But heed that call. If God wants to prune you tonight, let him do it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got something out of it, maybe a little nugget of wisdom or a practical tip you can start implementing in your ministry. If you want to check out more, you can head to our website, www.moreconference.co.nz for the most up-to-date news and content from us. We'll see you next time on the More Children's and Youth Leadership Podcast. Podcast.